Welcome to the long-awaited resurrection of the Restoration Church Life podcast. Now we just turned it into an annual edition. <laughs> so here we are. There has been people clamoring, beating our doors down. When will it start again? When will it start again? Here we are. We have finally given to the people and their desires. <laughs> and uh, we're going to start off this podcast with the one that we're in the past was always the most popular, and that is uh, the book, favorite book. Favorite books of the past year. Favorite books of the past year. From the year 2019. Correct. Yep. So go, Nathan. What is one book? Joey's jumping right in. He's I trying am. to make this hey, fast. We're going to jump So right here's in. what we're going to do. Here's how this is going to go down. We're going to look back at the past past year, a couple books that you found helpful that you would commend to the saints of Restoration Church. All right. And we have here, not only is it Joey and Nathan, we have a special guest. She loves podcasting, and that is Catherine Feliciano. Say hello, Catherine. Hello, everyone. All right. So Catherine is going to start us off by looking at 2019, one book that you think it would be good for our many uh, dozen listeners to read. Yes. So one book I loved this past year. It's not really that new, but it's called None Like Him by Jen Wilkin, and it's about 10 ways that God is different from us and why that's a good thing. And so, Otherwise known as the incommunicable attributes. <laughs> yes, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Each chapter is about one of God's incommunicable attributes. So he's infinite, incomprehensible, omniscient, all those kinds of things. Um, but I really love this book because it helped warm my affections for God. And it really makes you think deeply about his character. I read it on vacation and I kept going, Hector, Hector, listen to this. Listen to this. I want you to be mind blown too. So I love that book just because it helped me love Jesus more. Very good. How long is that book? It's pretty short. It's 10, 10 short chapters. So how long did it take you to read? Well, I read it on vacation, so it must have only been a few days. So it's very accessible. Yeah. She's easy to read. Yeah, Jen Wilkin's a great writer. Yeah. yeah. Good. Praise the Lord. Jen Wilkin, the title again is? None Like Him. None Like Him. Found at your closest Amazon. Yes. Nearby. All right. Joseph Kraft. All right. So I'm going to, yes, I'll start off with Remember Death. Jo- Joey's two uh, books are incredibly yeah. depressing. <laughs> but they're, <laughs> but the, the, title, yeah. the titles are a bit morbid. Literally, uh, but the books themselves are very encouraging. So this is Remember Death, The Surprising Path to Living Hope by Matthew McCullough. Uh, he is a pastor of a church in Tennessee. Former pastor of the uh, now Jody Kim. Yes. So a couple of quotes just to give you some flavor. So this is um, Psalm 90. He, he writes, this is Psalm 90. Satisfy in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. And the author goes on and says, I believe those two prayers go hand in hand. Teach me to live with the reality of my death so that I can live in the gladness of your love. Before I can be astounded by God's love, I will see the beauty of his love more clearly than the, pro- than the problems of my life. I must see my desperate need of it and my thorough unworthiness of it. And so, so he's taking death and he's kind of spinning it to see this way in which it actually gives us joy in life. That's right. Yeah, so he... Another quote, when the reality of death is far from our minds, which so often it is in our time, uh, the promises of Jesus seem detached from our lives. And then one more, uh, it is right here, uh, so long as death remains someone else's problem, 
Jesus will remain someone else's savior. Mm-hmm. And so he just goes through and shows how we've tried to do away with death, even though it's all around us, uh, and how actually embracing the understanding of death actually gives us hope, not only in this life, but in the life to come. Highly commend it. And he's a pastor, so he writes very pastorally and accessibly. It is... One hundred and seventy, one hundred eighty-three pages. And in like it's like if you put your right now, if you're listening to this, put your <laughs> put your long, your middle finger up and your thumb out. That's about how tall it is. Yeah, it's one of those it's not, it's half not page. Like a, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, and he's a friend of mine. He's a wonderfully godly man. And I just started reading that, and I'm starting to to read it with uh, somebody else in our church. There you go. And it has been so encouraging. Well, you so can far. recommend it next year. Next year, I haven't read it yet. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is an all-time favorite for me. So I reread the second time I read this book, um, and I've gone back to this book numerous times. But I, I just picked it up for the same reason, Catherine, you were talking about, just to warm my affections for Christ. The name of the book is called Glimpses of the Inner Life of Our Lord and the Emotions of Jesus. So it's two books in one. Short version, Inner Life of Christ by William Blakey and Robert Law. Now, when you go online and search this, I don't even know if it's on Amazon, but when you see it, it looks like somebody made this cover in 1977 when they went outside to their front lawn and just took a picture, and then they just put words in front of it. A Polaroid, nonetheless. <laughs> it is. like It looks It looks so sketch, like this, the cover does. But this book is basically taking the emotions of Christ, and it basically imaginatively helps us understand what it was like for the incarnate Jesus to experience those things. So, for instance, there's a chapter on his devotion to the Father's work, his delight in the Father's will, his temptation, uh, his sorrows, his peace, his joy, his prayer, prayerfulness. And every chapter just sort of takes some verses and tries to imagine what it was like for Jesus to experience those emotions. And it is so encouraging. My wife and I had, no kidding, an hour and a half conversation on the beach in Sarasota, Florida, Just talking about this one chapter, I'm going to read you a paragraph. This is about the peace of Christ. He says, we are liable to fancy. Isn't that great right there? Fancy. We are liable to fancy that armed as Jesus was with supernatural power, he never could have felt the temptation to anxiety as we do because he had always that power to fall back on if things should come to extremities. But never did Jesus fall back on his miraculous powers or feel that he was entitled to use them for any such purpose. He who at the beginning of his career refused to use his power for turning the stones of the desert into bread, refused to use it at the end of his career for producing the few drops of water that would have been such a boon when he said on the cross, I thirst. Beyond all doubt, it was from the lilies and the ravens that Jesus drew the spirit that reposed so calmly on the goodness of providence and drove to such a distance all temporal anxieties. So beautiful. Such beautiful writing. He's 19th century Scottish pastor, by the way. These two guys. Anyway, so if you're looking to kind of make, if you're, if you've been helped by the Luke sermons, kind of the ways in which we've looked at him and sort of seen him as three dimensional, not a two dimensional character, you'll love this book. Warming for the Affections, The Inner Life of Christ, Blakey and Law. Next book. Here we go. So I read through the book of Ecclesiastes with a couple ladies this year. And one book that Joey actually recommended is Living Life Backward by David Gibson. So this fits in with your theme of it sounds like it's going to be it's, – it's mostly about death, but My <laughs> it sounds depressing, but it's actually really hopeful and helps you think 
really well about how to live well now. So that, that is one I would recommend. I have one more. Well, I just no, hang on. You didn't really tell us about the book. You just gave us the <laughs> title and then it was really encouraging. That's what? It. It's, a, it's a book through Ecclesiastes. Okay. So you, you would read it along with Ecclesiastes. He yep. includes portions. I will say he doesn't there are a few tricky passages in Ecclesiastes he doesn't actually touch on. So it's not meant to be used in that way. But it does have portions. It goes pretty much through the whole book of Ecclesiastes. And he uses those passages and he helps you think about what this is teaching you. Usually how death is being a good teacher yeah. and helping you live faithfully now. Chris Holt, like his all-time favorite book, I think. Yeah, he loves that book. It was like it went through all the award stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a highly recommend. But I haven't read it yet. I'm looking forward to reading it. Yeah, and even though I recommended it, I've never read it. So maybe I'll read, maybe I'll read it this year. Yeah. I don't think I actually wow, that. that. He recommended it to you, didn't he read it? He said, I hear this is good. All right, so on to another lamentable tragedy okay. Okay. topic. Yeah, uh, so another one is Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, Discovering the Grace of Lament. Uh, Mark Vrogop. I don't know how you say his last name, mm-hmm. uh, but also yet another pastor. And so he's the pastor of College Park in Indianapolis, Indiana. And so you can tell as he, he writes from personal pain. He writes not from uh, the ivory tower, but the pew and the hospital bedside. And so he, uh, he lost one of his own children. And so this kind of led to this discovery of lament. And so, again, another uh, couple of quotes from the book. He says, Lament is the honest cry of a hurting heart wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promise of God's goodness. And he, he walks through various psalms showing how this is what the Bible does. It helps us lament. Um, and Didn't that, he say like something like a third of the psalms are lament? Is that, yeah. Did I hear that right? Yeah. I mean, there's, I don't know what the number is, but there's, it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, he says, Lament stands between, between the gap of pain and promise. To cry is human, but to lament is is Christian. Mm. And he walks through the Psalms and he, he he pulls out this this four-step process that the psalmists do in the midst of pain. They turn to God, they complain to God, they ask God, and then eventually they trust God. Though, as he pulls out, and even as you know, even like some Psalms don't end in trust. They end in dark, darkness, like Psalm 88. And so it's just a real life. It speaks into real life. And so I was really helped by that. But again, mm kind of dark yet wonderfully refreshing giving how much pain we actually live in day to day so i would highly recommend it uh dark clouds deep mercy mark vrogop spell vrogop v-r-o-e-g-o-p so pastor in indianapolis indiana yeah highly recommend yeah good yeah another that's another book that's made the circuit in terms of uh online stuff highly recommended all right, my second book here is The Imperfect Disciple by Jared C. Wilson. Grace for people who can't get their act together. Can I get an amen? <laughs> right, that's all of us. And I love how Who he, is Jared C.? Jared C. Wilson is now, he works at Midwestern Seminary, but uh, he was, he's been a pastor for many years, like in Vermont or somewhere up there. Um, so he, he I, I think people will really appreciate the candor and the kind of uh, honesty with which he writes this book, I'll give you a taste for it right here. He says, I don't, want to write a, I don't want to write the kind of discipleship book most people are too afraid to say they're sick of. I don't want to write a discipleship book for people who put notches on their belts of truth every time they read a discipleship book. 
I don't want to write a book about being extreme or radical or taking it to the limit or maxing out your potential or reaching the stars or drinking cloud juice or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I want to write a discipleship book for normal people, for people like me who know that discipleship means following Jesus. And we know that following Jesus is totally worth it because Jesus is the end-all, be-all. But we often find that following Jesus takes us to some pretty difficult places. I want to write a book for the Christians whose discipleship has gotten them a little bloody. So I said, hey, how about I write a book on discipleship for people who don't feel saved each morning until they've had at least two cups of coffee? How about a book on following jesus for the guy or gal sitting there in the small group always wondering if it's safe to say what they're thinking for the sake of cut-ups and the screw-ups and the tired up and the torn up the weary and the wounded how about we demystify discipleship and they astonishingly said okay and that gives you a flavor by the way of what his writing's like his writing is so easy it's very informal easy to read and it's for people if you find following jesus is hard in your very aware of all the kind of mess that your life is in following Jesus, you're going to be really encouraged by this book. Uh, he's going to help you uh, through that. So some contents, sin, these are table of contents here, sin and this art of soul maintenance, good news for losers, Starting, uh, staring at the glory until you see it, the rhythm of listening, the rhythm of spilling your guts, the revolution will not be Instagrammed, the nine irrefutable laws of fellowship, will the real me please stand up uh does grace go all the way down lerv wins there's the chapters lerv i don't remember what lerv means <laughs> now that i think about <laughs> it you have to you have to reread it <laughs> yeah that's right uh really help others but i would strongly commend it to all of you all right now any extras extra credit audible mentions yes go so Kathy. i have one more it's called the hiding place by Corey Tinboom, written along with john and elizabeth cheryl so again, this is an older book, but it's about Corrie Ten Boom and how her family, um, their story about helping the Jews during World War II. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to ruin anything for you, but at one point they're in a concentration camp. And so like Corrie and her sister, like this is one way, I, I think this is a story that helps me think about how this helped me love Jesus more. So Corrie and her sister are in this concentration camp and Corey's, you know, really upset. And her sister's like, no, we have been told to give thanks for all things. And so she starts praying to the Lord and thanking him for the fleas that were in their bed. And Corey was like, straight up, that's too much. Like, no. And so then they found out that the Wait a minute, you got to make them read the book to know why the fleas are so important. (laughs) You're going to get, are you going to tell them? All right, go ahead. So they found out that the prison guards wouldn't come into the dorm because of the fleas. And so they were able to hold all these worship services and evangelize to the the other ladies in a way they wouldn't otherwise be able to. Mm. So anyway, I think it's a great story to see how people live out their love for Jesus and their people, their love for each other, even in really, really dark circumstances. So it reads like fiction, even though it's not. um, It's a quick read, but it, it helped me love Jesus more. Great. Joey, any extra credit ones? No extra credit over here. All right, I got one. So this is non-Christian read. Uh, I read Jackie Robinson's autobiography last year. Uh, I think it's like I've never had it. I never had it made is the name of the book. Uh, and it just, you know, I think last year I read Frederick Douglass's autobiography. So, you know, I got this autobiography of what it was like to be a former slave and slave in the 19th century. And then I got a good snapshot of what it was like to live in the midst of civil rights era, in particular be the guy that broke the color bearer in Major League Baseball. And then not only that, after he, his playing career, 
all because he got up and wrapped up in politics, in business. He tells a lot of amazing stories. It was not long and it was easy to read. Uh, and I think it gives us a good snapshot into um, some of the uh, the racial harmony conversations we've been having in the life of our church, mm-hmm. and uh, gives you an up. It's it's uh, gives you an up cl- close picture of what it was like for one of those prominent figures to uh, walk it out. So strongly recommend that book. Um, yeah, I got it for eight bucks, and it took me like no time to read it, and it was a lot of fun. That it was hard to read. Mm-hmm. It was enjoyable to read. So. Mm-hmm. I never had it made by Jackie Robinson. Well, there you go. There's eight books. So if you're looking for books to read this year, beloved, there are eight of them. And so don't forget about the greatest of all books. Yes, Nathan. <laughs> that'll be on another. It. They'll be on another podcast yeah. too. That's right. Stay tuned. Ooh, boom. Uh, so, but there are eight books for you to go and read and enjoy. Uh, read them by yourself. Read them with your family. Read them with a roommate. Disciple others, and may it hope. Uh, We hope that it helps you treasure Christ more, not only individually, but together as a church.